This is my tribe. 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 tribe. What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. What's up? How many of you guys are excited and ready for Thanksgiving? You get to eat. We get to eat way too much food. Way too much food. So, something happened this morning. I was driving from Cornerstone Carbondale back to Cornerstone Marion, and I saw something while I was driving. A deer on a Mercedes van. Like, you know you've reached Southern Illinois. Like, I saw like 15 deer today strapped to the back of cars. And that's normal, apparently. We didn't really do that in Alabama. I know it's hunting season. I get that. We hunt in Alabama. We just don't strap it to the back of our Mercedes-Benz vans. Yeah. Um, so that was a little tragic because I was waiting for my McDonald's lunch and I looked over and there was Bambi sitting on the back of someone's car. Um, made my hamburger taste so much better. And then, there was a student on her way to church tonight. We're not laughing at her, we're excited that you are alive, Maddie. On the way to church, Maddie also hit a Bambi, but she's in one piece, so Maddie, we are so glad you're alive. If it were me, I probably would have cried and went home. Um, deer don't seem like very friendly animals. So, let me ask you this. Let's start by asking this question. How many of you have ever been in a situation that went at the end of that situation, you thought to yourself, how did this happen to me? Anyone ever been there? A how did this happen to me type of situation? Maybe it was earlier, Maddie, because you hit that deer. You're like, how did this happen to me? So maybe you found yourself somewhere you knew you shouldn't be. Maybe you were making decisions that weren't great. And suddenly, all of a sudden, these consequences came into your life. You thought, how did this happen to me? When I thought about this question, how did this happen to me, it made me think of some moments that I've had in my life. One in particular, I was a freshman in high school. Um, me and my friends, we were good kids. We all went to church. We all served in church. We all were at church all the time. And so I hear someone told me that the Marion High School kids hang out in a parking lot over by Subway. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we were such good kids that we hung out in the church parking lot. Like, that's how good of kids we were. Everyone else was hanging out in the Target parking lot. We were doing donuts and tearing down trees and potentially setting the church on fire a couple times in the church parking lot. Because the pastor said, 
we want you on the church property because you'll be safer there than you will be at Target. Which we're like, bet. We got this. So, me and this dumb group of friends, I mean, they're not dumb. Our decisions were dumb. It led to one of those how did I get here moments. So, let me paint the picture. Here's the church. The church had about probably 4,000 members in it, so it had a huge parking lot. Um, and then on the other side of the parking lot was this swimming pool that belonged to the community, so like a community pool. How many know what a community pool is? Like a community might have a pool. So none of us lived in that community, and that community pool did not belong to us. But one night we got really brave, and we decided tonight we're not going to do donuts in the church parking lot. Everyone bring your swimsuits. We're going to break into the community pool. Smart decision. That's what I thought. I thought, one, we're always in the church parking lot. We've never seen any cops drive by. Ever. Two, we're a bunch of church kids. What's the worst that could happen? God's on our side. I mean, you never thought that. I can do this bad thing. It's okay. God's going to forgive me. God's on my side. So, here we are. We're like rolling 20 people deep. And we're jumping over a fence that has barbed wire at the top of it because we're going swimming. So someone jumps over and unlocks the pool's front door and all of the rest of us go in and we're swimming for probably a good hour and a half. Just swimming. Then someone's like, hey look, they got a speaker, we should play some music. So we turn on some music and we're having a pool party at 12.30 at night in a pool that none of us belong to across the street from the church. Does anyone know what happens next? The cops come. So the cops pull up, and you know, we're dumb, remember, because we broke into private property. I don't suggest you do that, by the way. So we're like, if we hide in the water, they'll never know that we're here. So there we are, and I don't swim very well. We're hiding on the side of the pool, and you can hear these cops walking around the outside of the fence because we closed the door. We're not dumb. But there's still music playing. And so the cops walking around with his flashlight looking for the people in the pool. And you think he found us? He found us. Because you know what I don't do well is hold my breath underwater for long periods of time. Since we were dumb and didn't go hide in the bathroom, and thought it would be smarter to hide in the pool. He caught us. Long story short, we all got trespassed from the pool. Um, we weren't members, but if we were members, they would have kicked us out. And you know, <laughs> I found myself wondering, how did this happen to me? How did this happen to me? Was it the dumb friends that I went with? Because they were all church people. Like, my parents said, go to church and make friends. Church friends are better than not church friends. Anyone ever heard that? Um, church friends don't do anything wrong. Anyone heard that? Well, I'm here to tell you it's not true. Church friends jump fences and break laws just like normal friends do. And so, there I was asking, how did this happen to me? And some of you may not have ever snuck into a pool, but maybe you snuck out of your house after curfew. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But maybe you snuck out of your house after curfew, or maybe you cheated on a test and lied about it when your teacher found out. Maybe 
I don't know one has ever done anything like this. Maybe you took money out of your mom's wallet when she wasn't looking to go buy some snacks at school. You've never done that. Usually the first person that speaks up is guilty. Got <laughs> Or maybe you were at a friend's party and they were drinking and you knew you shouldn't be there but you stayed anyway. That's never happened to anyone in the room. Or maybe you got in trouble because of friend's influence in your life. So tonight we're going to talk about no matter what your decision was, the chances are at some point you ask the question, how did this happen to me? And honestly, that's a pretty normal response to things that happen in our lives. We hit a deer. We go, how did this happen to me? We get pulled over for running a red light. That's never happened to me. But we think, how does this happen to me? You get a bad grade on your test and you think, how did this happen to me? So I want you to think about it. I want you to think about the last bad decision that you made. No, like really, think about it. The last bad decision that you made in your life. Maybe you knew it was wrong while you were doing it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you got caught. Maybe you got away with it. Maybe you got in trouble. Maybe you got kicked off the team or punished. Or maybe none of that happened and you're sitting there going, no one's ever going to find out about this bad decision <laughs> that I made. Um, I connected eyes with someone over here and they smiled and it reminded me of a bad decision that happened at the fall retreat. Um, good times. Could never let it down. There's uh, video evidence somewhere. Uh, so whatever it was, God, how could this happen to me? But here's the deal. The common denominator in all of our choices that we make is you. So you are the common denominator in every single choice that you make. The reality is that most of the bad decisions that we make and negative consequences that we experience don't just happen to us. We happen to them. So we're not just innocent bystanders, we are participators. So when you look at your friendships, I want you to think about the people that are closest to you. We've been talking about real friends. And last week we started this journey, and I told you this week we're going to look more at the life of Jesus and how he set up his friendships, and I will share a little bit about my friends to you. And so last week we started this, and... We're going to consider real friends people that we trust because those are the people that will influence you the most. Your real friends, people that you trust. And so we're going to talk about influence. There's a book in the Old Testament called the Book of Proverbs, which speaks a lot about making wise decisions. It was actually written by a guy named Solomon who... Some would say was one of the wisest people that ever lived on the face of the earth. So we're going to read this verse together in Proverbs 12, verse 26. It says, The righteous choose their friends carefully. Everyone say carefully. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So Solomon was known as one of the wisest men ever on the face of the earth. It means that we can probably trust the advice that he's giving us about friends. So then we're on the same page. Let's define the word righteous by saying people who do 
the right things. We're going to make it really simple, and we're going to say tonight that righteous is people who do the right thing. So it says, people who do the right thing choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So it's about being a good decision maker. It's about people who make choices that take their future and best interests of others into account. So if we want to be righteous people who make right decisions, Solomon tells us we need to choose our friends carefully. Choose our friends carefully. How many of you, your parents, have ever said that to you in some form or fashion? You need to choose your friends carefully. Growing up, I had a pastor in my life that always said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So what he was saying is the friends that you're hanging around every single day are influencing your life and ultimately you're going to become like them. So, choose your friends carefully. You see, righteous people choose friends who will help them make the kinds of choices that consider their future. So, a lot of you are in high school or you're in middle school, and right now, friendships are a very, very big thing and a very important thing. But I want to talk to you about choosing your friends carefully. Are your friends helping you look towards the future? Are they helping you be the best person that you can be? Are they dragging you down and influencing you to do things that goes against what your parents want or what God has for you? You see, ask yourself this. Are they leading you to a future you're proud of, or are they leading you to a future you don't want to be a part of? Are they leading you to a future you can be proud of, or are they leading you to a future you don't want to be a part of? So whether you feel powerless in choosing friends, or you are desperate and you feel like you don't have any friends at all, it's important to remember that real friends have real influence. Real friends have real influence. So make sure you have the right kind of people influencing you over the long term. So when you think about your friend group, have you ever noticed that the friends that you start to hang out with the most, you start speaking the same language, sometimes you start dressing the same way, you all start liking the same things because the people that we're around, we ultimately become like them. How many of you have noticed that in your life? Awesome. If you're not raising your hand, you should be raising it because it's true. Thank you. Proud. Proud of me. Um, the people that we hang around with ultimately influence who we become. So if we look at the end of that verse in Proverbs 12, it says, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. When Solomon says wicked, he basically means the opposite of righteous. He's talking about the bad decision makers, people who lead us towards trouble. I think if we were to think about our friend group, we all have that friend in our group that we would say is a troublemaker. And if you can't think of someone in your friend group that's a troublemaker, you may be the troublemaker. And so... Are they leading you towards the right things or are they leading you towards the wrong things? Are they leading you towards trouble? You see, if you want a future you can be proud of with the fewest amount of regrets, you're going to need people around you who see more than right now. So they see your future. They see what you possibly have in front of you and they're pushing you towards good things. So let's go back to the pool story. There we are in the pool. The police come. 
we get kicked out, bad TiVo, don't do that, we all get in trouble, our parents say, you know what parents say when they get mad, I can't remember, because a lot of times it's just yelling and screaming, anyone? No, just me. Um, lots of yelling, lots of screaming, we thought you would do better than that, you have disappointed us. I don't know if you're anything like me, but the worst thing my mom could ever say to me was that I was a disappointment, and I disappointed her. My brother, she could say that and he would laugh and like walk away. Um, to me, it was like heartbreaking. Like I, like someone killed my puppy, like that kind of heartbreaking. Um, so, there we are in the pool. We get kicked out, we get in trouble. The next weekend, a guy in our friend group goes, hey, you know what she did tonight? And we're all like, don't say it. We should go break into the pool. Because you know, some people have very short attention spans, and some people have very short memories, so I'm like, dude, do you not remember last weekend? Like, we broke into the pool, we played music, the police came, we tried to hide in the water, I almost drowned, almost died. You know, like, when you tell stories, like, the second or third time, you make it bigger, like, there was a cat there, and I hate cats, and the cat was trying to kill me, and the cat was trying to drown me, and like, he was like, yeah, so what? It was fun, wasn't it? And we're all like, was fun. It was fun. But in that moment, something happened. Something inside of me shifted and was like, Diva. It was like one of those like weird moments like, Jesus, is that <laughs> And what shifted inside of me was, hey, in this moment, with these friends who are church friends, how about you be an example for what is right and what is wrong? So I was like, hey guys, I think it's a horrible idea to go get in the pool. Last weekend, we got caught, we got in trouble, and this weekend, I don't think we should go break into the pool. You know what happened? They went broke into the pool anyway. I didn't go, I went home. And you know what happened? They got caught, again, in the pool. Yes, thank you. Thank you. 14-year-old people will appreciate that. So why do I tell you that story? Because sometimes it's not easy to make decisions that are right when you're in a crowd of people that are encouraging you to do the wrong thing. You see, you have to ask yourself, is this person a good influence on me right now? So in this very moment that you're in, are they being a good influence on you right now? The friends that you're surrounded by, are they being a good influence on you right now? Like literally right now, are they being a good influence on you? And so I'm not telling you you need to go find a whole new group of friends. I'm not telling you you need to push your friends away. But what I am telling you is that you need to guard your inner circle. Everyone say, guard your inner circle. So you need to guard your inner circle. And so this is where we take a look into the life of Jesus just for a second. You see, there are different layers to friendships. And a lot of us feel it every single day. And some of you live it every single day. And some of you have been going through life and you don't actually notice that this is happening. But every single one of us has what I like to call an inner circle. You see, when Jesus was on this earth, Jesus 
made great friendships while he was here. When any town Jesus went into, great crowds of people showed up. But Jesus spent most of his time not in the crowds of people, but with 12 people. But Jesus spent even more time than those 12 with just three people. Jesus' inner circle. And so, let's think about it this way. Your inner circle is the closest to you. So it's two or three, maybe four of your very best friends. They should be the most righteous friends that you have. Remember, righteous, we decided, was tonight is going to be people that do good. So these three or four inner circle friends should be people that do good. And they want to push you towards the things that God has for you in your future. So if you go outside of the inner circle, we have what we're going to call a middle circle. The middle circle are your good friends. They're the people in your larger group of friends that you spend time with on a regular basis. So if your friend group has about 10 people in it, I would venture to say you know two or three of them really well, and the rest of them, while they're still part of your friend group, you don't know as well. They're on the middle circle. And then the further circle out are people you hang out with, but they're like general friends or acquaintances. You don't know them very much. You don't hang out with them all the time. And they don't have major influence on your life. You see, the closer in you get on your inner circle, the more influence people have on you. So I'm going to show you a couple of photos. So this is me and Tamara's wedding party. As you can see, there are like 5,000 people in this photo. I love every single person that's in this photo. And what I would consider this is my furthest circle of friends. These are people that we've been through highs and lows of life with. These are people that if they were to call me tomorrow, I would answer, pray for them, show them love, but they're not my inner circle. So we can go ahead and go to the next slide. These guys right here are what I would call my middle circle. So these are the groomsmen that were in my wedding. And a lot of them I've known for like 10 plus years. That was four years ago, so 14 years. And these guys are some of the best guys that will point me to Jesus that I know on the face of the earth. But they're not even my inner circle. So you see, it was a big circle, now we're getting smaller. And in this next photo, these are the guys that I would consider part of my inner circle. So on the top left you have Jake, in the middle you have Gabe, and on the right you have Connor. And these are guys that if they picked up the phone tonight and said that they needed help with something, I would get on a plane and go home. These are the guys that will be there when their first kids are born. They were there and showed up at the hospital after Simeon were born. Some of these guys were at the funeral when my sister passed and at the funeral when my dad passed. These guys I talked to probably once a week to every other week. And we live, all three of us, in very different parts of the country. Alabama, Florida, Texas, Illinois. And so, we are very intentional about spending time together and building time and calling each other to influence each other's lives. Everyone in this picture is also in ministry. So they're all impacting the world for Christ in some area of the world. And collectively, 
There's probably like 30 years of friendship there. So knowing this person 10 years, knowing this person 16 years, knowing this person, I can't do math. Yeah. Eight. Is it eight? Four. So what? Four. She told me to the front row for math. She said, we'll go here. And so this is what I would consider my inner circle. So I want to ask you again, who is in your inner circle? And the band can go ahead and make their way back forward. And not only who's in your inner circle, but what are you doing to guard your inner circle? If you're just allowing anyone to come into the core of your life and speak life into you, and they're not believing in Christ the same way that you're believing in Christ, and they're not seeking God the same way that you're seeking God, and they're not <laughs> thinking about your future over right now, they're doing more damage in your inner circle than they're doing as good. And like I said, I'm not saying you need to get rid of friends, because in those photos I showed you, some of those people are not in my inner circle, and I care deeply about them. So it's not about that. It's about guarding what God has for your future. Many times throughout the Bible we see God telling us that in groups, great things will happen. Because of that inner circle, in a time of praying, prayer, I ended up here. When the opportunity to come to Southern Illinois and to Cornerstone came up, those are the guys that I called and said, hey, here's the detail. Pray through this with me. And I know right now this seems like one of those conversations like, awesome, what does this have to do with me? I'm only 14. Or awesome, what does this have to do to me, with me? I'm only 16. I knew some of those guys when I was 14 and 16. The relationship that you're making right now will ultimately shape the rest of your life. So guarding your inner circle is something that is extremely important. You must ask the question, what kind of influence does your inner circle have on your life right now? So we're going to pray together. If you guys will stand. And as you're standing, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want you to think about your friend group. I want you to think about your outer circle. People that you're influencing and coming into contact with every single day. It might look like people that are on your basketball team. It might be people that are in your neighborhood, on your soccer team, in your dance program. Then I want you to zoom in a little further. I want you to think about your middle circle. People that you're hanging out with every weekend. Then if you were to zoom all the way in and think about your inner circle, who are you spending the most time with? 20 years from now, if you're still spending time with them, would you be happy if your life looked like them? Are the people in your inner circle pushing you to be more like God? Or are they pushing you to be more like the world? I know when I was your age, a talk like this would make me think, well, I can get this together later. I don't have to worry about that right now. But I want to encourage you with this. That just because those guys that I showed you on the screen, my inner circle, when we get together, we have a great time. Just because we're all pursuing God and pursuing Christianity, and pursuing ministry and preaching the word, doesn't mean that we can't have fun. So there's a balance there in your inner circle. And that's what I want you to wrestle with this week. 
especially if you're going to see your family and friends for Thanksgiving, wrestle with who are you allowing to influence the very being that you are? And is it ultimately going to get you to the point that God called you to go to? So let me pray for you. God, I thank you for everything that you're doing. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to be an example of how we should treat relationships and friendships. That we should be always willing to invite people in, but we also have to be guarded with those that we let closest to us. I pray that as we think through the people that we've allowed in our inner circle, if there's people that we need to push a circle out, that you would give us the courage and the strength to do that. If there's places in our lives where we need someone to come in and to help influence us for the better, I pray that you help us find that those people that will encourage us to become more like you every single day. And God, we just pray that no matter where we are, that we're always showing people the love of Jesus. No matter what level of circle that they're in, that we're letting them know that you died for them and you have a huge purpose for their life just like you do for us. And God, I thank you for my friends. Thank you that you're doing a mighty work here at Tribe Mighty. And I pray that as we go back into worship, that we'll just continue to worship you for everything that you've done for us and everything that you haven't done yet. In Jesus.